Welcome to Deserted. Each episode, we welcome a guest into the customs office. There, they must decide which five items they want to take with them onto the deserted island. Five items, one island. This is Deserted. Joining me in the customs office for this episode is Don McAllister. And Don's been running screencasts online since 2005. Was one of the first people that I knew to offer a premium podcast service of recordings of his desktop, offering people how-tos and tips and tricks based around Mac and iOS applications. Welcome to the customs office, Don McAllister. Oh, thanks for having me, Matt. It's uh, it's good to be here. I do hope you're going to enjoy your stay. I'll, I'll ask you uh, I'll ask you that question at the end of the podcast recording, and we'll see whether or not you think you are. Okay. Um, sometimes the customs officer can can be a little bit strict. Other times, perfectly fine. I, I'm in a, I'm in a good mood because this is uh, this is the start of uh, season three of the podcast, so I'm in a good mood. So we'll we'll be all right. I'll be sure to watch my P's and Q's. Then in that case, you'll be you'll be fine. <laughs> We're going to be taking a look at Don's essential must-haves if he's going to be sent off to the island. A website, a podcast, a Twitter feed, a book, and a gadget or device. And uh, those are the five can't-live-without items that Don will take to him for the undisclosed and indeterminable amount of time that Don will be spending on the island. So we shall see. Uh, to start off with... We are after your website. Now, we allow Wikipedia by default. Okay. So we're after the website that you would like to visit. Right. Well, um, I mean, to be honest, I tend not to visit uh, websites um, traditionally. I, I get all my stuff pretty much through RSS feeds and uh, you know Twitter and the usual suspects. So I tend not to per- sort of peruse websites very much. But the one website that, uh, if you take that aside, and if there's one website I had to choose to have a look at, and this sort of feeds into sort of this um, this existence of not having many gadgets with me, um, the one I've chosen is by Kevin Kelly. It's called uh, Cool Tools. It's kk.org slash cool tools. Uh, Kevin Kelly is... Um, He's a luminary, actually. He's a bit of a forward thinker. I think he was the editor of Wired for a decade or so, and uh, he has a website. But one offshoot of his website is this thing called Cool Tools. And it's basically a place where not just Kevin, but other contributors uh, recommend the best and cheapest tools available. And tools could be anything from sort of your standard hand tools and machines or, or uh, you know gadgets to uh, utility bits of software or, or whole websites, maps, etc., so it's it's a real eclectic mix of stuff. Um, it's 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 very interesting to see what other people recommend. It can one week, one day. I think these done on a daily basis. One day it can be um, something like a really cool chef's knife, and the next day, like today, I've just looked on. It's a pre-taped painter's plastic tape. But you know, it's, people have actually used this and they really like it, and uh, and they give some cracking recommendations. So that sort of feeds the geek in me. I can see what other geeks are doing while I'm marooned on the desert island, and uh, and be envious about all these extra cool tools that are out there. You don't think you'll end up being too envious and kind of just uh, that will make you feel like you're really missing out? Not really, because I tend to. Although I like a lot of this stuff, I tend not really to buy the stuff. So I'm I'm fairly comfortable in the fact that, you know, I might have bought one or two things over the past 12 months I've been looking at it. So it's not going to drive me insane, sort of wishing I had that. I sort of can appreciate uh, other geeks and how how they appreciate 
the the, the you know the things that enhance their lives. So uh, it's a bit of enrichment for me, really. Yeah, talking about the things that were on on the website when I went to vet it to make sure it was perfectly safe for the island. Um, <laughs> there was there was something for cycling arm warmers, which I thought was uh, quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, they have some really really weird things sometimes, but but again, things that you'd think. Oh, I never, I never even thought I had a need for that. And then, you know, they, but they, they give you justification as to why they use it. And a lot of these things uh, are relatively inexpensive as well, you know, sort of plastic spatulas or, or just, just a, a we- really weird things. But, you know, uh, I, I tend to find the people that are on there are people who really know their stuff and they, they, they just don't like something. They can give valid reasons as to why they use it and why it's better than other things that have used in, in the same sort of category. So it's, a, yeah, it's a good, good find. Okay. Uh, I'm 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 relatively happy with it because uh, I've never been to the site until you mentioned it. I'd never checked it out before, and uh, I think I will keep a keep a little look on that, especially if I'm ever after cycling arm warmers, um, and I don't want to wear a long sleeve t shirt or anything crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, no, and and I don't think it's going to. Well, you've told me it's not going to wind you up by uh, kind of looking at it and being jealous because we don't allow anything to be delivered to the island from these websites okay yep no that's okay actually it, it does actually tie into a book as well although i'm not going to choose it as, as a book but uh, i think it actually they they had the website for a long time and they actually published a book and it's a huge sort of like a one and a half foot by one and a half foot square coffee table book full of cool tools all with qr codes in that you can scan and, and have a look at and i have actually got that book but i tend to make you more use of the site and see the new stuff as it comes in as well don McAllister's choice of website kk.org uh, slash cool tools by kevin kelly and so let's move on to uh we're gonna we're gonna do twitter feed in a moment but first of all podcast what is going to fill your ears apart from the screeching seagulls on the desert island okay well i um i, I do listen to podcast podcasts quite a lot i have to say although it's quite difficult because i don't do a commute because uh, i work at home but i suppose on the desert island i'm gonna have lots and lots of free time so there'd be no limits so it's really difficult to know which podcast to settle for and uh, I, I looked at the uh, the criteria for for going on the desert island and one of the things did say that if i wanted to forego an object and have two of a, a similar object i could do so what i thought i would try and sort of wing is is to skip on the books uh, because I'm not really a very big book reader. Um, I'm I'm a great buyer of books. I buy loads and loads of books and never never actually get around to reading them. So I'm going to forego a book choice if that's possible and have two podcasts. Mm-hmm. So um, the first podcast being a podcast, and again, this isn't a particularly geeky podcast. And I should say as well, I'm not a political person and I don't really pay much attention to politics. Although, of course, the recent events in America has I think got everybody. A little bit more interested than they might be normally, but there's there's a fantastic podcast called No Agenda um, by Adam Curry, who's actually the Podfather, and John C. Dvorak, who's a bit of a, a Mac troll. Actually, he doesn't. Need, a lot of Mac users don't like John C. Dvorak, but together they do this podcast called No Agenda, and it's uh, it's basically uh, tw- it's a twice weekly podcast. So there's plenty of content, and it runs for like two to three hours each week. And it's a deconstruction of what's happening in the media and politics. So um, it's 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 really interesting and entertaining in that they actually spend a lot of time 
pulling out clips from all sorts of sources, whether it be from uh, the web or from uh, TV shows or radio shows. And they pull all these clips together and they talk about the clips and how, you know, the uh, mass media is, is pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. And, and they try and deconstruct it and give you the true meaning of what's actually going on in the world. And I find that to be really refreshing. It's very entertaining and um, uh, it does offer up quite some insight into what actually is going on. Uh, not just what you're being told what's going on, but uh, what actually is going on. So that's the first one. That's uh, No Agenda. I don't know if you want to... Uh, mention that one first yeah let, let's mention this one and then we'll move we'll, we'll put your second one in the slot that was uh the book slot i think okay. that's the way we'll, we'll do it today yeah uh, and then that way we can just kind of take a proper look at, at both of those so no agenda yeah adam curry and john c dvorak of course we first met Don at Drafts and Darts, which Adam Curry did pot on way back in the day. I, that's, I, that's going back a while. <laughs> I, I did a bit of research and, and Daily Source Code, which I think for those involved in podcasts for a long, long time, was probably the, the first one, really. Yeah, well, well, um, I mean, the actual podcasting themselves uh, itself was, was devised by both Adam Curry and a guy called Dave Weiner. Uh, Adam Curry had the had the requirements to do broadcasting without uh, uh, without transmitters, and Dave Weiner was the technical geek who actually came up with the RSS specification. So, with the work that uh, Adam and Dave Weiner did uh, to to get podcasting on the map, you know, we we owe a, a huge amount of gratitude to them. And uh, in the early days. Adam did put on this a uh, couple of UK podcaster events. Uh, the Daily Source Code was a great podcast, and it was on. I think it was actually a daily podcast, and it was it was fantastic. In fact, I, I, again personally, I owe a, a debt of gratitude to Adam because when I first started doing screencasts online, it was one of the first uh, podcasts to offer premium content and to start up like a membership subscription service. And uh, he actually did give me a shout out on one of his earlier shows, which was really nice of him to do. So, yeah, uh, I suppose we do go back a long way. Last time I saw him was over in uh, in Dallas for the podcasters meetup last, last year, I think. But this is sort of unrelated to the fact that I like this particular podcast. Uh, the No Agenda podcast is a, a, a great source of uh, subversive and um, often entertaining ideas. You say it's two to three hours each episode, yeah? Yeah, it's. I don't know how they, they keep it up, to be honest. And it's twice a week as well, so there's there's tons of content. I have to say that um, there's so much content that in my normal day-to-day activities, I, I can't quite keep up. So I'll normally listen to probably about um, two hours worth of it, and then you know the next podcast appears in the feed, so I tend to then start listening to the next podcast. So it's uh, it's very hard to keep up to date with everything that's going on. But, but uh, I suppose on the islands you'll be fine. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have some great time to uh, sit in the evenings. Yeah, and um, kind of swat away the mozzies and uh, listen to no agenda. <laughs> I could always pause it as well and and cogitate, you know, and think think yeah. it through, think what they're saying, and then start up the next bit. So yeah, that would be a that would be a much better way to consume it. Okay, we'll go with that for your podcast choice. Uh, no agenda. Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. So uh, we already know that you're going to jettison your book. But uh, before that, let's talk about Twitter. And you can follow one person on Twitter. Uh, some people do come up with cunning ways of, in a way, following plenty of others. But hey, I'm not going to divulge how they do that. <laughs> uh, who is the one follower that you will see their tweets slash retweets from? 
You know, I, I, I struggled with this one because I, I do follow um, a significant number of Twitter people as it is. I think I follow about 1,400 people, which some people sort of gasp that I follow that many, but it's really not a problem to me. I, I tend to find, because I work uh, at home at the moment and uh, I sort of do everything sort of in isolation, um, Twitter is very much my sort of uh, virtual water cooler. So I tend to, unless I'm really concentrating on something, I'll tend to always have Twitter open uh, in the sidebar and uh, I can sort of keep an eye on what's going on, respond, get all my news and stuff like that through. So to actually pull out one particular person and, and I, I did think of pulling out sort of sort of like a news feed or something or an aggregator, but no, that that doesn't go in in the spirit of the uh, of the exercise, I don't think. So uh, in the end, um, I decided on a guy called Rob Delaney, who is not a geek; um, he's a comic. So he would provide my uh, my entertainment, my my comedic entertainment on the island. Um, Rob Delaney, if people don't know, he's actually. Uh, He's an American comedian, uh, probably most famous for, uh, I think it's Channel 4, they have a, uh, a comedy show called Catastrophe with, I think, Sharon Hogan. Uh, they play uh, a couple. Uh, it's very, very grown-up humour indeed, and uh, but it's a really, really funny series. I think they're on to series two now. But uh, he has uh, the most weird and wonderful Twitter feed um, Sometimes surreal, sometimes just funny, um, sometimes a bit, you know, head scratching. But I think it's it's so um, unusual, and he does retweet a lot of good stuff as well. That uh, that would probably keep me going in the uh, into the early hours. So yeah, Rob Delaney. Okay, uh, when I was taking a look at him, he was apparently once given the award for the funniest person on Twitter. That's right. In fact, I think um, he actually met Sharon Hogan. Uh, is it Sharon? Sharon Hogan, I think it is. But anyway, his uh, his uh, uh, fellow uh, writer on Catastrophe and fellow actors, um, they, they actually met on Twitter and struck up a friendship and decided to get together and, and do this TV show. So that's another of his claim to fame as well. And I think he, d- he did a really, uh, a well, a, a good-selling book as well uh, last year as well about uh, a, a comedy book, which went down really well. Okay, Rob Delaney. And I see, I mean, even though he's not a geek, um, he started on twitter in 2009 which for quite a few people that's quite early on yeah mm-hmm. yeah at um, 1.2 million followers so you're not alone in uh, liking what he has to say so I, I i've got to rubber stamp it and say that's that's absolutely fine Phew. at rob delaney will be your entertainment from your twitter feed and you don't you don't think think you're gonna sort of miss out on the apple news uh, well, the, the problem is, I mean, we were saying before about cool tools and how that wouldn't get me envious. If I, if I saw lots of news about new Apple gadgets coming out and I couldn't get to them, that, that would actually probably be detrimental to my health. So, yeah, I probably, if I was going to be isolated and not able to get any, any sort of new gadgets on a regular basis, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't want to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that seems fair enough. Rob Delaney's The Twitter Feed. Uh, gadget or devices still to come, but first of all... We know that you wish to do a trade and uh, trade in your book for a second podcast. So what is this podcast that is more important than a book? Okay, well, I I think I should sort of just 
defend myself slightly in that I, I, I find now at the moment in my current situation very difficult to find the time to actually read books. So I, as I said before, I tend to buy lots of ebooks and never get around to reading them. So, and again, once I've read a book, I tend not to reread it. So I thought if I was going to be on a desert island, I'm sure I could pick a book out of the catalogue of unread books I've got to take away with me. But once I'd read it, you know, it's, that's it. It's, it's, it's read. So uh, if I had a second podcast, I again get fresh content each uh, each week in this case and that will keep me entertained as well so the the second podcast and I'm sort of going to contradict myself slightly from what I said about the the Twitter feed and not knowing about what's going on in the Apple community uh, it is actually uh, not strictly an Apple related podcast although I suppose it is because they tend to look at uh, issues through the lens of Apple uh, and it's a, it's a podcast by Horace Dedu called the critical path um, this has been running for a couple of years now. Uh, Horace is um, uh, an analyst. He's not one of these Wall Street analysts. He actually came from an engineering background. I think he used to work for Nokia, and he became interested in looking at Apple with the iPhone, etc. And he's he's gone on to become quite an expert in all things Apple uh, and disruption technology and uh, disruption theory. So he really has a good handle on um, Apple as a company and how they do what they do and why they do it and when they do it and what they're likely to do in the future. And he keeps a, a firm eye on the earnings and explains how the earnings relate to the real world. He keeps an eye on the products and has theories as to why they sort of develop products in the way that they do. So all in all, he's a really smart guy and uh, you sort of feel yourself getting more intelligent but just by listening to him. And he has this knack of just being able to talk as well. You can, you can tell that it's not through... Uh, um, it's not scripted. He, he just has notes and is able to just talk for like half an hour at a time on one particular subject. And interesting as well, he has an interest in cars. So he has a second podcast, which I tend not to listen to very often, but he's now starting to in involve more uh, car-related talk into um, the critical path because obviously there's all this talk and rumouring about Apple's uh, electric car. So he has very um, some good ideas about the, the car industry and again, uh, how he said us some really interesting ideas on manufacturing of cars and and how Apple sort of compare to uh, traditional car manufacturers and how they don't compare and what benefits or, or what advantages they might have over the incumbents in the industry and sort of parallels to you know the iPhone development and iPad development. So all in all, it's it's a really interesting listen uh, if you're interested in in Apple, not just the Apple products, but in Apple as a company as an organisation. Uh, he does actually sort of bring out lots of uh, thought-provoking uh, ideas about Apple and where they're going and how they've got to where they are. So uh, always worth a listen to The Critical Path. On the website itself, it mentions Anders Brownworth. Is he on it anymore? Yeah, and Anders is on it. But the way it works is that they tend to have um, like a link guy who will introduce, introduce the show, uh, hand over to Horace, and, and basically Horace then does the whole show. Uh, Anders might then interject with a couple of questions or, or some thoughts as well. But in, in all fairness, and I'm sure Anders wouldn't uh, object to me saying that the, so the main guy is, is Horace. Uh, it's his thoughts, etc., that that make up the critical path. Uh, historically, they... He came uh, still five by five, but he had Dan Benjamin on as a uh, doing the Anders role, and then he had another guy as well. Cecil um, No, I can never I can never remember this guy's name. But they they sort of take an anchor role within the podcast. But it's really Horace who uh, who who gives his thoughts, etc. And it's a weekly podcast, is it? 
it tends to be weekly, although sometimes because he does a lot of traveling, he's uh, he's in demand all over the world, really, for um, consultancy and, and for speaking engagements. Um, it, it, it tends to be weekly, but sometimes you might have a break of a, a week or two. Also, sometimes the audio quality, it's one of those podcasts where the audio quality sometimes isn't quite up to scratch, again, because uh, it might be from the same location or he might be using his iPhone to, you know, to, to phone in or whatever. Okay. But it's one of those whereby, you know, the, the content will allow you to get over the production value sometimes. It's normally over an hour, um, probably about an hour and a half. What's, what I've noticed happening now as well is uh, that he has quite a big following, so he will tend to um, answer like half an hour of questions at the end as well when people are asking him about specific things or previous shows. So he will do like a Q&A at the end of, uh, of each podcast, which adds like half an hour onto the podcast. So I would say between an hour and an hour and a half is the, uh, is the average length. Okay. Um, I'm really, I'm really torn as to whether to allow it or not. But um, I think, as I said earlier, I'm in a good mood, so I think I will. <laughs> oh, you have to be worried there for a second. There. <laughs> I, I think, I think I will. Yeah, it, it, in a way, it's quite odd because I think a lot of people, when they think about going to a desert island, sometimes they think, "Oh, great! This will give me the opportunity opportunity to do something that I've been putting off and putting off and read that book." There's always mm. been that book, but um, interesting that you've decided to, to trade your book for the second podcast. So yeah, see, I did. I did go through. I said right because I, I buy books both on um, the iBook Store and also on the Kindle, and you know I have literally got probably two dozen books that I've bought and never read, and I thought, well, which which is the book that's sort of screaming out to me, read me, read me? And there were one or two perhaps, but then I thought, well, once I've read it, it's done. And you know, no, I think I, I think I prefer a second podcast. Okay. No problem. We'll go with that. Cool. Uh, the Critical Path is Don's book replacement podcast, uh, 5by5.tv slash Critical Path. By the way, all the links to Don's suggestions will be up on the website, and that's where you will find the episode, and you can also hear from previous visitors to the island. All right, then. The fifth and final choice of a must-have uh, item to take to the island is a gadget or device. What have you gone for? Uh, again, struggled slightly with this because, again, the rulings are it can't be a computer, a mobile phone, or other broadcast communications or internet access device. Mm. And most of my gadgets fall into that category, so I did have to scratch my head about this. But I, I ended up thinking, well, if I'm going to take a gadget, I'll go hardcore and uh, take my uh, mirrorless four-thirds camera. Uh, which is something I only recently got into, actually. Uh, it was only last year, I think the beginning of last year. It might have been the, the end of the year before. Uh, I've never really been into photography uh, at all. It's never really interested me. Uh, obviously, I do these screencasts on Screencast Online, and they are, although it's video, so I'm, I'm quite conversant with editing video, and I used to take, like, holiday videos and stuff. Um, I used to just use a bog-standard camcorder if I was taking video. Never really worried about it too much. And then, uh, you know, 4K video came on the scene and I thought, well, I really should get into 4K video and the iPhone didn't support 4K at the time. But uh, these sort of consumer or prosumer level uh, mirrorless four thirds cameras were all starting to come out with, uh, with 4K capabilities. So I thought to myself, I'll get one of these. So I ended up with a Panasonic GH4, which is um, a smallish camera, but, you know, it has the micro four thirds lens format. So... I sort of got the camera to ex primarily to experiment with 4K video and uh, started to play with that. But then, of course, you have to think about lenses. And again, I'd never really been into lenses or anything on cameras, never had to worry about it. So I started to research some lenses, started to understand how these um, 
these sort of type of cameras work and what the different lenses do. And I actually got quite interested in it. So it's went from being just a, a, a video recorder to test out recording 4K video to something that I quite enjoy. I quite enjoy now taking the video and, and using the different lenses for different uh, types of scenarios, but also photography as well. You know, I started to learn about focusing and depth of field and stuff like that. So uh, again, not really that much time to play with it. So I thought, well, if I go to the desert island, I'd have my Panasonic GH4, tons of uh, lenses, and uh, I presume also some some memory cards. And I'd have to find something to play on, although you can play back on the, the screen, on the, the, the camera itself. But, uh, you know, we might have to rig up something that wasn't an internet access device, just a, a plain monitor or something. But anyway, as, apart from that, I'd like to, to spend the time and just experiment with it and uh, learn to know uh, in more depth how to use it and uh, experiment by taking photographs around the island and playing with video, stuff like that. Do you happen to use that one for your uh, tips of the week that you've started doing? Or um... Yes, I, I will be in the next few weeks because the, the ones that are posted now, I actually uh, had uh, someone come in to help me set, set up the camera and uh, they use their own camera. But now I've got my own GH4. Uh, I did buy a, a gadget for it, which is a, a teleprompt uh, device that fits on the front so I can actually see notes as I'm actually speaking to camera because that's always difficult. But uh, from probably in the next two weeks or so, if you look at some of the preview videos or this week's preview video telling you about um, this week's screencast, that was recorded with the GH4 and the tips of the weeks will be recorded with that sort of going forward from this point on okay so people can check out what it looks like um on those and so it's 4k video and from my research 16 megapixel images uh yes yeah um it's 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 a really nice camera uh the the only bugbear that i have with it um and that's because it's an eu or a uk based camera is that they've Due to some weird and wonderful EU restriction, well, it's not so much an EU restriction, but so they don't pay uh, duty on the camera, they they disable the video. You can only take up to 30 minutes video at a time. Um, Whereas the US version will just take as much video as the memory card will hold. But this is is sort of limited in firmware to just taking 30 minutes. That's my only real niggle about it, to be honest. But everything else, it's great. It's a really nice camera, very easy to use, very light, um, very simple to to set up and to get to grips with. So, yes, with the uh, memory card, um, do you think you will have some issues with it filling up and having to delete images? Do you think that's going to be a bit of a problem for you? Um, possibly, um, although I could also take, I suppose, a selection of memory cards. It, well, it depends how long I'm going to be on the island for. I mean, if I'm on the island forever, um, you know, I just have to bite the bullet and just reformat it each time yeah uh yeah and i suppose it's, it's an interesting one really uh, and and one of the reasons why i like this format is i you know i don't know the answer to how long you're going to be on the island for mm-hmm. but uh i wonder if over time when you are when you are read uh, kind of eventually think to yourself actually i think i'm going to be on here all the time mm-hmm. i wonder whether that would cut down your taking the photos well, possibly, but then if that was the case, you might to consider sort of turning it on yourself and using it to keep some sort of video diary um, mm. because you could. I mean, I've got a 128 gig memory card on there as it is, um, and you could always, you know, take photos and then delete photos individually. You don't have to format the whole card, so you, you could if you wanted to. 
uh, take some, take, create a video diary and just keep those sort of small clips. You wouldn't necessarily have to record in 4K if you're doing a video diary. You can actually bump it down to 1080p so it doesn't use up as much space. Uh, you can trim the videos as well on, in camera. So you could, uh, you, you could in theory, you know, create a video diary for posterity for when they, uh, if and when people turn up and find you. All right. Uh, I'm quite happy with that. Um, uh, it's an interesting one because there's been some quite practical ones in previous episodes, uh, you know, pen knives, things to, you know, things to start fires and stuff like that. So, but again, I, I sort of took it to be something that I I have and not would want. So, mm. and I don't have any practical gadgets. <laughs> oh. d- 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 how long do you think you're going to survive for? I don't, Are you concerned? No, no, that's okay. I mean, yeah, there'll be uh, sticks, and yeah, I've watched enough YouTube videos to know how to start a fire without having to have a, a special device. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd, I'd persevere I'd, I'd, I'd get through i suppose but yeah i sort of wasn't looking at my own self-interest there i was looking at more of my sort of keeping my time occupied yeah yeah no i, I mean it, it's fine because i'm i'm thinking well that'll give you something to do it'll make you feel like you're improving because you'll have the time to put in and you'll be able to look back in the evening um you know using that instead of a fire for your any any bit of light that you need yeah you, and also i mean one of the lenses is like a telephoto lens so that could be useful for you know keeping an eye open for ships at sea or whatever you know looking on the horizon scanning the horizon see if anyone's coming yes because you could use it as a as it got a flash on it you could use it as a way um of- I, you know I, I hardly it's it's such a good low light camera that um i've never i can't even remember if it's got a pop-up flash i think it might have a pop-up flash on it but i've never ever used it because it's such a good camera in low light that uh, i never need because uh, the flash may be useful for um flagging down passing boats yeah so um true and, and if the lens i mean i don't i actually probably wouldn't work you know you Wondering if you could use some of the lenses to do different things, uh, you know, mm. magnifying uh, or concentrating the sun's light into a point oh. to start a fire or something. You know, if you, things got desperate, you could always smash up a lens. Although, probably wouldn't want to do that. But I'm liking the uh, I'm liking the ideas there. So that's got to go on the list. The Panasonic GH4 is your gadget or device to take along, and that is your fifth and final one. So. Phew. <sighs> You, you've been successful in getting them all through. Um, a clean sheet. Yeah, I'm going to rubber. I'm going to rubber stamp those that selection. I'm going to write it on your carnet, and you'll be okay to take that through. Uh, do you think you're going to enjoy your time on the island? Initially, um, I think you know a couple of weeks will probably be uh, okay. Uh, any 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 longer than that is probably going to start to be uh, a bit strained. Yeah, I wouldn't like wouldn't like it to be like a permanent arrangement but you know a couple of weeks in isolation away from the internet and uh plenty of thinking time would probably be a nice nice thing. okay and can you recommend anyone that you think would like you would like sent to a desert island for a spell of time that you think we should speak to you know i was racking my brains but uh, we did me- just before we started recording the show we did mention one particular other uk podcaster who might be pretty interesting to get on the show and that would be you and rankin i'm writing him down so um yeah that would that would be very interesting to see what uh, what gadgets you want to take with him. 
Okay, I shall be in touch. See whether he takes up the challenge. Uh-huh. So uh, thank you for your time, and uh, I hope you do enjoy your stay on the island. Well, thank you. It was very interesting, actually, it's, uh, and, and thought-provoking as well. You know, it's, uh, it's not often you get asked to bring some stuff onto a desert island, so it does, it does make you think and uh, sort of see where your priorities lie. Is there anything that you would like to uh, mention or plug on the uh, podcast while I've got you here? Um, well, we've mentioned it several times now, but um, screencastonline.com is the uh, is the main source of my weekly tutorials. I have got uh, an app that people can download and uh, have a look at some free stuff and purchase individual tutorials. It's called the SEO Showcase app. That's for uh, iOS and for the Apple TV. And there is a YouTube channel as well, Screencast Online. Check out some of the free stuff and some of the previous stuff across at Screencast Online. Thanks for listening to Deserted. To listen to previous episodes, either subscribe in Apple Podcasts, your podcast app of choice, or head to desertedpodcast.com. Please leave a review on iTunes, and if you want to send a message in a bottle with feedback, or you would like to be on a future episode, send it to customs at desertedpodcast.com. (laughs) 